Welcome to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast, brought to you by DSW Ministries. Your host is singer, songwriter, speaker, and domestic violence advocate, Diana Winkler. She is passionate about helping survivors in the church heal from domestic violence and abuse and trauma. This podcast is not a substitute for professional counseling or qualified medical help. Now, here is Diana. Thank you so much, everybody, for coming back for part two of Let's Talk About Trust. Now, you may notice that I didn't mention spouses. You think, did Diana forget? Well, no, I didn't. I actually was laying awake at night trying to think about what I wanted to say about spouses. And I decided I'm going to do a whole episode on just spouses because it's such a a vast and important topic. But the short answer to trusting your spouse is you should be able to tell your spouse anything. You should be able to have access to their social media, their text, their computer without any problems. You should have full access to bank accounts. There shouldn't be any hiding money from each other. Your spouse says he's at work or your spouse says she is shopping with friends and you find out they're not, you have a big problem. You can't trust your spouse if you think they're cheating on you or committing a a crime or hiding things from you. If you don't have trust, again, you don't have a relationship. And I dare say you don't have a marriage. Now, can those things be fixed? Maybe if both spouses are willing to work on those things, but definitely get some help for your marriage if you not trusting your spouse. But we will get to talk about that at length in another episode, probably with a guest, uh, an expert, marriage counselor or something, or somebody with experience and expertise in that. Anyway, so here are the big moneymaker questions here. The very important questions, can we trust the Bible? Now again, I've been to Israel and I've seen the Dead Sea Scrolls in Israel. I've seen where they were found. The Dead Sea Scrolls, at least the the parts that they did find, which was Isaiah, I believe, match like 99.5. 8% of our modern Bible manuscripts. So, yes, it can be trusted. Now, you have to read the Bible for yourself. You have to study the Bible for yourself. You have to memorize scripture. There are so many tools online. You know, back when I went to Bible college, <laughs> 
everything was in book form. There was no Googling this or that. There's so many resources. So trusting the Bible. Now, how do we protect ourselves from spiritual abuse and cults? How do we protect ourselves from false doctrine? It's by knowing God's word, that's how. Now think the practicality of this. How can you tell that you have a counterfeit dollar bill? Now, if you've been to Philadelphia or Denver or they make money or Washington, D.C., um, they, um, they'll tell you the people that work with the counterfeit department, they spend a lot of time with the real thing. They know the feel of it, the weight of it, the look of it. American money is not made out of paper. It's made out of cotton. So right away you can feel a paper counterfeit bill. It's the same with the Bible. Now, if you hide the word in your heart, you will recognize false doctrine pretty quickly. That's why I say you have to memorize scripture. Don't take somebody else's word for it, what something means. That's, that's the problem we get into, is that, well, the preacher on the pulpit said this, and so it must be true. Um, no. You have to search the scriptures yourself. The Bereans in the Bible, they were a group that searched the scriptures daily to make sure that what they heard was true. Okay? And you say, well, Diana, I don't know how to study the Bible. I don't know how to do all that stuff. So the key is, is knowing the original language. The Bible was written in uh, Koine Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic. So everybody talks about what Bible version to use. Well, just pick one, okay? Just get started. Now, if you're asking me, you need to pick one that's a literal word-for-word -word translation versus what we call an allegorical Allegorical is just the basic thoughts of the passage, rather than, this is exactly what the person said. When you read somebody's letter, you want to know exactly what they said, right? Of course you do. It's the same with the Bible. So what you do is you go online and you can get Strong's Concordance online. You can look up a passage. You can look up things in the original language with that concordance. So where do I start? Where do I start reading? Some of you have been probably saved for a long time. Maybe some of you are young in your faith. Some of you never picked up your Bibles and read it for yourself because you just came to church and 
sat in a pew and let the preacher tell you. But that's going to end today, right? So what I tell people is to start in the Gospels. That's where, you know, the life of Jesus, the apostles, the miracles. And then, you know, after you're done the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then you'll come upon a lot of the books that the Apostle Paul wrote, and they're excellent. But there's there's tons of commentaries to help you out. So 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 pick one. Um, a lot of Bibles nowadays have commentaries built right into their Bible. Like when I came back from Israel, we saw so many archaeological sites. And Crossway was promoting this this Bible. It's called the Archaeological Study Bible. And I thought, wow, that sounds really interesting. I think I'm going to get that. And, you know, I was all fired up and excited because I just came back from, you know, walking where Jesus walked and wanted to keep that alive. Now I've got probably 10 Bibles in this house. Most of them are King James. Um, but I really wanted something fresh and new. So I went and got this archaeological study Bible. And it's amazing. It's, <laughs> it is really fun to read in the morning. Now I got the New Living Translation. That's the one that I got. You can pick whatever translation you want. Um, so it has so many notes in there and charts and maps and different cultural cultural stuff about the passage that you're reading because we don't we don't live like that we never have so a lot of these concepts we read in the bible are foreign to us so it's really great to have a bible that explains these things so i definitely recommend going on crossways website they have lots of great commentaries uh, Bibles there, um, their website has articles you can read, and they're trustworthy source. You know, Christian book distributors has tons of stuff. So yeah, the important part is getting in the Bible and reading it for yourself. God's going to show you so many things. Yes, you can trust your Bible. And uh, so I apologize if I bored anybody that's that's been saved for a long time and knows this already. Sorry, but I don't want to assume that all of my listeners are Bible geeks like me that know all this stuff. In fact, a lot of the ladies in my groups do not. Another good resource is Wayne Stiles. He's got a great podcast. He um, he has videos of his trips to Israel, and um, which are phenomenal. 
They're unbelievable. I'm going to try and get him on the show if I can. <laughs> See if he'll come. But his books are, are excellent. They really helped me to prepare to go to Israel. But he has a lot of resources because he's like a, I would call a Bible scholar. And he um, he can direct you to a lot of resources in studying the Bible. So I highly recommend waynestyles.com um, to get you started. So the, the final question, can we trust God? We have to answer that. Yes, we can. Now, God has always reached out to mankind. Mankind has historically turned their backs on God, ignored him, rebelled, disobeyed. Mankind gets into a mess, and then God has to rescue and clean up the mess. So most of you listening may have trusted in Jesus to save your soul at one time in your life, but you have no... You have no problem trusting for salvation, but not for everyday life. Is that you? Why did God allow me to suffer? Where was he when I was abused? Now, these are not easy questions, and there are no simple answers. I do not have all of the answers. I I have questions for God, too. But there's this false gospel going around that tells people, Oh, if you become a Christian, you'll never have any more problems. Oh, and if you're a good Christian, you'll have an easy, prosperous life. Well, unfortunately, folks, this is false. God never promises us an easy life. You can go look that up yourself. Suffering and trials, persecution, are all guaranteed in this life. Okay, that comes with being a human being. It's coming. But God promises to be with us through the trials. That you will find in the Bible. God promises to bring something good out of all this suffering for his glory. Now, Jesus suffered most of his life, and he was the sinless Son of God. He never did anything wrong. Joseph suffered greatly in the Bible. He was the one that was sold into slavery by his brothers. He was put in prison and forgotten about for something he didn't do. You know, remember Daniel. Daniel was a very godly man. One of my favorite characters in the Bible. If you remember, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. Because he prayed. 
prayed to the Lord. His friends were thrown in a furnace because they wouldn't worship an idol. The Apostle John, now he was exiled on the island of Patmos in his last days. And uh, tradition says that he was boiled in a bunch of oil and survived because he was a follower of Jesus. And we've all heard of Job. So this is why we need to read our Bibles and learn about the real, the real people in there. They all had to put their trust in God. God used these saints to change the world. Now the Psalms are so popular because they show the dark times that, that David went through. I highly recommend you read Psalms if you're going through a dark time right now. He just, he keeps it real, folks. He doesn't hold anything back. But God was there with us through our worst times. God cried and mourned the abuse with us. Now, God doesn't cause the abuse. I don't understand why, you know, the devil gets this free ticket. No one ever blames the devil for the abuse. Nobody ever blames free will or choices on for the abuse. Nobody ever blames, well, that's part of being a human being. We're going to suffer. We all point the finger at God. He gives us free will. He gives all humans free will, unfortunately. Because we have to choose to follow God. He, he's not going to make us. But see, God has the whole picture, past, present, and future. We do not. You know, God, the Father, had to watch his son Jesus be abused and mistreated, even until death. He had to watch his son die and not intervene because he knew what the big picture was. Now, it's hard for us to understand that. We don't ever find out the reason for our suffering on this side of eternity, sometimes. Some of us get to see how God can bring about something good from our past life, if we allow him to. Now, I find comfort in the fact that I can help others who are going through this right now. I can help you. Now, I never dreamed that I would be out of my abusive relationships. I never dreamed that I'd have a podcast or a ministry like this one. I never dreamed that I would be able to help other people. And sometimes we think that God wasn't there with us in our darkest times when he was. We just didn't see it. So one of the exercises we do in um, in the small group 
is to write out a timeline of our lives. We list our major good events and our bad events from birth to present. So we just make a timeline. Draw a line on a paper. Well, this is before we even tell our story in its entirety. It helps us create an outline or a framework to eventually tell our story. So when we look at our completed timelines, we usually see places in our timeline when God was with us. God protected us from this certain thing here. Wow, look, God sent somebody to help us here. So looking back when we were on the outside of the abuse, we can see God's hand in our lives. You may not be able to join a Mending the Soul small group right now, or even see a therapist right now. But try this exercise yourself and see what you discover. So along with Bible study, is prayer, obviously. <laughs> Can't leave out the prayer part. And I'll, I'll level with you. Prayer is not my strongest strength. That's not my spiritual gift, I have to say. I have to work at it. But that's where our power comes, is through prayer. And you get all these lofty ideas and weird ideas about what prayer is. It's just talking to God. It's just like a conversation you have with your friend or your family member, your coworker. And some of you are very familiar with prayer, but you don't want to do it because well, I'm mad at God right now, and so why should I talk to him? I'm there. <laughs> I totally get it. I have been there. I have definitely been sleeping on the couch with the Lord. That's. I haven't moved out yet, but I was you know, sleeping on the couch kind of thing. You know, it's... You know, it's okay. I mean, God God understands your heart. God knows that you're going through a really tough time. You're stressed out. You're frustrated. You're, you don't understand what's happening to you. You pray and pray and nothing happens, it seems. You know, things are happening. They're just definitely in the spiritual realm where you can't see. There are definitely things going on. Again, you know, Satan gets this free pass. Satan does a lot of stuff to keep you from praying, to keep you from just getting in that Bible, keep you out of church. You don't have to say these big lofty prayers with these and thous. It's you can be honest with him. He knows your heart. I used to think that I could never question God. I could never ask him questions. I could never, you know, kind of like Job. 
I always thought I was wrong to doubt God or have doubts about my faith. I didn't have any major faith issues, but, you know, my biggest thing was I didn't understand why I went through, why I went through that abuse. I've come to some conclusions, which maybe I'll share in another episode, but, you know, prayer is is talking to God throughout the day. It's not just, okay, I've got 30 minutes here from 9 to 9.30, and I'm going to pray. And if you're like me, <laughs> even before my Swiss cheese brain came into being, <laughs> you know... You're like, you know, please bless so-and-so and please help me with this. And, you know, thank you, Lord, for that. And then it's like, squirrel. <laughs> Come on, you've been there. I'm not the only one. I know that. It's really hard to focus for that long. <laughs> We've got these great heroes of the faith that prayed for hours and hours and maybe someday um we'll get to that lofty goal but for now short prayers are good too your prayers will get longer it's it's like a muscle just like anything else Once you start praying those little prayers, maybe throughout the day, not just praying for your your meals, they'll start getting longer. But again, back to the trust issue of, well, I'm mad at God right now. He will wait for you. He's patient. He loves you. He knows your heart. He will be there waiting for you um, when you're ready. God can handle it. God can handle some tragedies of your faith. You know, just do yourself a favor and don't stay there. If you, you know, need help in that department, you know, get a friend. In fact, get one of those friends that you know is like super prayer warrior girl, you know. Or, you know, <laughs> we all know of them. Reach out to your senior members of your church or the senior Christians. A lot of times they're usually the ones that are out there praying for people they they can't get out to churches often they they're sick or seek out those people they're great great people to partner with and say hey i'm really struggling with this prayer thing you know can you pray with me or you know pray for me and there's nothing wrong with pre-written prayers. I mean, what's the most famous prayer in the world? It's the Our Father. 
right? Everybody knows the Our Father. Um, the Psalms have lots of great prayers in it. Again, I just, you know, I already mentioned the Psalms. Lots of prayers by David in the Psalms. Just say it from your heart. That's all it takes. I hope that encourages you to take a step in that direction. So as promised, I will leave you with my favorite Christmas song. Oh, Holy Night. Traditionally, I sing it every year. So the one that I am putting on here is the live version. I do have the recorded version on my album, Classic Favorites, which you can download on my website. So don't forget to check out the YouTube channel for lots of, for lots more Christmas songs and other songs that you might enjoy. So until next week, choose one thing, one small thing today to get you closer to your healing goals. So I wish you a Merry Christmas and I wish God's blessings on you and your family. So I hope to see you back here before the new year.
Thank you for listening to the Wounds of the Faithful podcast. If this episode has been helpful to you, please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. You can connect with us at dswministries.org, where you'll find our blog along with our Facebook, Twitter, and our YouTube channel links. Hope to see you next week.